Hi, this is Pam and this is Must Love Food. Thanks for joining us today. I've got Maddie, Robin and John and these three are bourbon lovers, bourbon aficionados at least compared to me. So anyhow, welcome everyone and uh, cheers virtually. Um, nobody's drinking, but <laughs> we'll pretend. I promise I'm just having tea. Bourbon <laughs> would be much better. <laughs> Well, yes, you do have some allergies. I think a shot of bourbon in that might, you know, just do the trick. That's what they say. Hot. I mean, I do like myself a hot toddy, so mm. I'll, keep it, I'll keep it at five. <laughs> so who wants to tell us what bourbon is? I, I am, I mean, I've had bourbon. I drink bourbon here and there. I was off bourbon for a very good part of my life because of some experiences at a younger part of my life. <laughs> And it was, I believe it was when I um, started going to Proof Restaurant here in Des Moines and they had the Harrison Tonic. I think that was the name of it. And it was a celery syrup with um, bourbon and um, I'm trying to think what else was in it. But it was so delightful and so tasty. And it got me over my fear, <laughs> got me back into the pool of bourbon. You all kind of know a lot more about bourbon than I do, um, but does somebody want to kind of explain what bourbon is and how it differs from whiskey, perhaps, or if it is whiskey? It is whiskey. Mm -hmm. uh, it's primary ingredient. It has to be a minimum of 51% corn mash, and a lot of them, and otherwise, they uh, it's various ratios of uh, rye beyond that, and corn rye, I guess maybe wheat. Um, but those are lesser components. Rye is definitely a flavoring component, and the corn is where the whiskey is made, and it's got to be at least. So everybody associates it with Kentucky because that's primarily, you know, its native place. But <laughs> it can be it can be made anywhere as long as it follows those guidelines. So it really has to be distilled in the U.S. to make it bourbon as well. Yeah. So it's really the fifty-one percent corn mash. And yep, so anything less would be whiskey. Okay, so right. all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. Correct. Correct. Yeah, no, also, um, but also how it's stored, right? Yes. Because it has to be stored yeah. in new uh, charred oak barrels. Correct. Correct. And so that's, that's what kind of contributes to um, the aging and flavor, since and it's flavor. bourbon, you can't add flavor. Whiskey right. can. <laughs> right, but bourbon... And you have to get that, that flavor and it comes a lot of that charred smokiness is coming from that where it's stored in that new oak barrel. Is, is it stored on its side or is it stored up or both or does anybody know? I know there's the rick system or rack system where they kind of it's to get some air movement between um, barrels. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. They're um, horizontal. Stored. That's what I thought. Okay. Yep. So they're they're often stored on their side in the ricks, which allows the airflow like kind of to like throughout their aging warehouses, so that you know they're kind of stacked up, but enough to have some air flowing going around them. Now, part of that uh, racking system is um, they've discovered over the years that in these warehouses there are sweet spots where there's different levels of sunshine and different air Heat. circulating and whatnot. So mm -hmm. um, that's where the single barrel uh, bourbons originate. Um, they, they know these places in these uh, warehouses after, you know, tasting. And so they can find the single barrels or they'll uh, 
mix together the the best lots. So so like um, yeah, because it affects the flavor, like how much heat or how much sunshine or or that exactly. kind of thing or the air. And so that that was one of my questions. So you can't add anything to um, to bourbon, but you can. There is such a thing called blended versus single barrel. So a single barrel is pretty much just in its essence comes from one barrel of bourbon or maybe the same rack right. level yeah. of where where they're um fermented where they're where they're left to age and then otherwise they actually um maybe take some from the top shelf some in the middle shelf some in the bottom shelf and there's no adding but they're taking three different barrels and mixing them together that would be a blended bourbon is that right yeah okay Definitely. and that's pretty much how they do like scotch same thing right exactly yeah oh yeah yeah they're uh, so they want to match a profile the brand profile obviously and that's a matter of um, of the char and uh, the oak. There is a fun fact that since barrels can only be used once for bourbon, that they've been starting to like kind of use it like those barrels for other things like furniture or firewood, but it's also used for aging soy sauce or whiskey as well. Bourbon barrel beers coming out now too. Oh, I bet that would be really good. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And um, talk to me about kind of what would you describe as sort of the bourbon flavor or, and I know there there are nuances and differences between um, obviously single barrel versus blended and also brands and things. But if you were just describing bourbon off the, kind of off the shelf, what would you describe it as? You'd be talking about caramely notes probably up front. Um, and then you'd be talking about uh, some of the smoke that's coming off the char, like mezcal. I'm sure you can probably find some bourbons that are just really smoky. I don't know, but I've never really tried that. Or and with like a hint of sweetness too. <laughs> right, that's the what I always remember. So much sweet. Right, absolutely. Then Scotch whiskey. Is that from the corn? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, Scotch is malted barley, and that's got that's where the sweet comes from. That. You know, I think now I can't taste it because I don't have that refined of a palate, but they, some people will say that you can get little notes of toffee or cinnamon and vanilla in the mm -hmm. bourbon. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I think, you know, the better the bourbon, the more you're going to get <laughs> to and the, and the more refined palate you have. Kind of like a, fine, it's like a fine wine. Sure. Speaking of a better bourbon or whatnot, can I ask, do each of you have a preferred bourbon? And maybe you have a preferred, and, and I'll ask if, if it's, do you have a, a brand? And um, if you've got one that's a blended versus a single barrel kind of, and which those would be, don't mean to put you on the spot. I know this is just random. I just keep, um, I just keep Knob Creek uh -huh. because I like to, I like to bake with it and then I like to drink it. So, I mean, that's just, that's what I have at home. You know, if I'm just going to have a, a, a drink, it's not sure. like, because it's, it's at a price point where I don't mind baking with it and I don't mind drinking it. But and it's, it's still considered a good bourbon. It's not, it's not your no. bottom shelf or anything. Yeah. No, it's I agree. But I like, I like the Knob Creek and, you know, like cuisine, we're always cooking with it and we're also drinking it. So it's kind of like a nice middle of the park. There's another one, John, you'll probably know the name. Um, is it Four Roses? Yeah. Is that and that, that actually runs a spectrum of, uh, price points. So they have yeah. they have the bottom shelf four roses, and that's 
uh, got its own reputation, let's say. And then they've got uh, a select and then they have a single barrel as well. And the select and single barrels obviously are a little bit more interesting and palatable, I think. Um, but Four Roses def definitely kind of gets dogged on the some of them like, oh, but that's everybody's got such person. Exactly. Um, Where where's Four Roses made? Is it Kentucky or Kentucky? Yeah. OK. And so many of these distillers um, like Buffalo Trace has got Weller. It's got uh, Wild Turkey. I don't know. They they're kind of these big. Uh, they may have been independent distilleries at some point, but they're under bigger and bigger umbrellas all the time with different brands. I'm uh, personally, you know, a leftover or throwback to Hunter Thompson. So I drink Wild Turkey 101 generally. Oh, okay. No um, makers, mark takers. Oh, well, that's always good too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I always I always think Maker's Mark and Knob Creek kind of compete. They're kind of on the same tier, but is is Maker's a little considered higher end or? I bet they run pretty close to each other. Are? Sure. Yeah. I know. I'm trying to think. I'm like, I've, I haven't been, haven't bought bourbon for a while, actually. <laughs> and I'm like, I wanted to say that it actually was a little higher for the Maker's, mm -hmm. but I can't. Yeah, it's <laughs> depending on <laughs> what the distributor is pushing that month, I think, really. Right, right. Does anybody want to kind of explain where Jack Daniels falls in here? Uh, it's a whiskey. It's a whiskey. It's Tennessee. It's Tennessee. And why is it? Because even though it's Tennessee, it could be bourbon if it's made in the U.S. and it's 51% corn, right? Well, so with Jack Daniels, it's whiskey, not bourbon, because, you know, their distillery filters their whiskey through a sugar maple charcoal before casking. So you that know, step? Impurities, and that step is not allowed to be bourbon. And that okay. also imparts flavor through that process. Okay. So they're not mm -hmm. adding something. They're, they're, it's a procedure that takes it from what could have potentially been a bourbon. Okay. That explains why Jack and Coke works so well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, oh, we should talk about that in a little bit. Some of your favorite cocktails with bourbon. But we'll. Uh, what I wanted to ask. Um, you said you all like to cook with bourbon and both sweet and savory. Um, uh, do you want to share any kind of recipes or what you when you like to to use bourbon or sort of pairings or any recipes that you know we have online that people might gravitate towards. Well, I just did that article on kind of like, you know, the bourbon trail kind of thing. And that's coming out in the summer issue. And in that, I really liked, um, it was a frozen old fashioned that I mm. made for that. And that was based off a restaurant here in Des Moines called Lucky Horse. And my husband and I went there and they were like famous for their frozen old fashioned. And it was like a slushy, just amazing flavor. And, you know, and I couldn't necessarily... I didn't want to go to, towards the slushy route because, you know, they just really nailed it. So if, if anyone's in Des Moines yeah. and wants a nice frozen old fashioned, you'll have to go to Lucky Horse. Um, mm -hmm. But mine was more along the line of a granita. And so you kind of froze it and then you can top it with some club soda or some people who like old fashions even add kind of like seven up or ginger ale, kind of making it a little sweeter that route. Um, yeah. But I even liked it topped with a little more bourbon just to kind of enhance it since, you know, with it being granita, you don't necessarily use a lot of alcohol because you do want it to firm up in the freezer. So um, 
that was one of my favorites, which everyone should try come the summertime. It was yeah, good. That's really, really refreshing. Um, one of my favorites is uh, we discovered while camping probably a million years ago now, uh, and that was to make we were just making pancakes over the camp stove, and we threw a can of peaches and heavy syrup in there and some maple syrup, and then it was just like, well, you know, we don't really have a lot of responsibilities today, so the bourbon <laughs> went in there as well. Aisle, this is sounding really good, John. <laughs> and well, it turns out that yeah, there's a huge affinity between peaches and bourbon. So I was uh, gonna say, and we have a ton of like sweet and savory applications or recipes that really pair those two together. Mm -hmm. We didn't discover yeah. it. <laughs> no. I know that's why we have a lot of those recipes, though, is because <laughs> I was so enamored of it. So. <laughs> because it's good. So I just made a, a, a bourbon cream sauce the other day and it, I had steaks and it was, I didn't feel like going outside to grill. So I just did them in a cast iron, you know, in the stove or in the oven. And when it came out, just did a quick sauce with bourbon and heavy cream and shallots. And it was really good. <laughs> that sounds really good. Sounds I see a recipe in the future. It was just wow. really good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was a birthday gift, so, you know, it was a birthday thing. Celebration. So. Oh, nice. Well, all three of you really, in my in my mind or in my recollection, you've all used bourbon a lot in recipe development over the years. And I think it's because you all have a, kind of a, a they're fans of, of the flavor and like to drink it. And so it's sort of a go-to for you, um, which I love. Um I was just curious, all of a sudden I was thinking when somebody mentioned, I think Maddie, you were saying about um, uh, old fashions and some people add seven up or ginger ale kind of to it. Seagram seven, because I, I remember back in the day, seven and seven. 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 Is, that, is, is that bourbon? Is Seagram's a bourbon or is that a whiskey? I have no idea. <laughs> blended whiskey. It's a blended whiskey. Okay. Yeah. So I asked you what you like in terms of uh, recipes cooking with it and um, what your favorite brand is, but what's your favorite cocktail or cocktails when it comes to mixing it with something? What do you, what do you go to? I'm definitely an old fashioned. That's my favorite. Okay. Just, you know, <laughs> you still get that, you know, straight bourbon taste, but then just a hint of sweetness and, and you know, a, Robin's favorite, a cherry. <laughs> Uh -huh. yeah. It's like the little piece of gold at the end. <laughs> the reward. Yeah. Oh, I, well, I like that too, but sometimes I'm just lazy and I just do bourbon and seven. Yeah. Um, What's the thing you eat with it? Is it popcorn? I like popcorn, yes. <laughs> One day that you were saying, how, oh, I had just bourbon and popcorn for dinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. yeah but corn I and corn today <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with that it's a good it's a good end of the meal uh, end of the day meal oh yeah. night capper is what we call it i will just <laughs> i will own it yes you know that's a big part of the history of bourbon or corn mash and whiskey is that um it was safer to drink than a lot of the water coming out of springs or creeks and stuff so it was nothing uh, to send your kid off at a good stiff bracer to go to school in the morning. So, rub the gum. I, I guess you weren't going to get jarred. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, and I guess you could keep off, um, keep the cold at bay too on your walk to school. <laughs> 20 miles uphill both ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and John, your cocktail? Uh, well, I drink it neat mostly. Um, uh -huh. And then, you know, in casual area, I'll, I'll have it on rocks if I go to a restaurant. And then if I really need to pace myself, I'll do um, bourbon and ginger ale. Okay. That's kind of an homage to my uh, late father-in-law, so. Oh, well, my grandparents drank, I believe it was old fashions. And my grandfather, I loved going there. My parents were um, martini drinkers, but uh, my grandfather always had maraschino cherries. And so we would go there and I'd always get a maraschino cherry. But I know at some point in my life, I was getting the cherries that were soaked in the, the drink. <laughs> <laughs> They wanted you to go to bed nice and good. Here's yeah. a little sweet treat. Good night. Mm -hmm. Mom, can I eat the whole creme de mince pie? <laughs> I mean, our girls, whenever we get, like, whenever, like, Shane's making us some old fashions, the girls always write, can I have a cherry? Can I have a cherry? Like, they're on it. So it's like, yeah. see, you know, all Just of a sudden a little kid comes over. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't feel like I want my cherry. Here you go. <laughs> and it may be, maybe I sampled it myself. I... <laughs> Someone had a leftover in a glass. <laughs> Something yeah. like that. It could very well be. So no. I'm not blaming the adults per se, but. <laughs> no. And I gotta uh, say, um, recently I've been enjoying old fashions, but uh, they're the smoked type. You know, they put it under a cloche and get the um, uh, wood smoke on it. And that's really extraordinary. Uh, Shane's uncle, um, he likes to do that. And so um, when Shane's parents went to visit this uh, this year, his uh, dad's birthday, um, Patty, my mother-in-law, gifted him a, a set to start making them. So just oh. this weekend, we actually had one for the first time. And it, it was, I mean, you kind of get it more on the smell when you're drinking it versus, you know, not too much flavor, but it is fun. Yeah, it's on the nose there, and it kind of hovers into the glass. So that first initial drink is really tasty. Mm -hmm. so. Fun patient too. Well, I was going to say, uh, I was going to ask if somebody could just kind of give, like, tell us kind of what a ratio or a, rep, a recipe for an old fashioned, and then how do you do the version you're talking about, John? What what's what entails with that? Maddie's the big old fashioned drinker, right? So a little sugar, some bitters. You know, so we add a splash of club soda. You know, you can always do a simple syrup if you'd like instead. But, you know, we never want go through the fuss since it's like a nightcapper. And so is that instead of the sugar in there, you would because you would muddle it down there kind of a little bit. Stir right? it up, you know, um, then top with your desired amount of bourbon or whiskey. And then if you like it with a splash of club soda or so. And you could oh, I mean, like one of the things that you're like technically you do is you take like an orange peel and twist it to get some orange essence in there as well um and then of course the cherry whether it's maraschino or um the nice uh oh, yes luxardo yes uh -huh. those really mm -hmm. are good yeah <laughs> yeah uh, and then just smoking i've seen it three different ways at least um the most primitive setup i saw was at a uh, bar in London. I, that's probably the first time I even had a smoked uh, Manhattan. Was it a Manhattan? I think it might have been. Uh, anyhow, and it, it it eventually it's however you figure out 
to to get the wood bits smoldering, whether it's a kit, uh, they're you becoming more work. and more specifically designed, obviously, if you've been gifting them. So, but it ends up generally you're pumping the smoke coming out of this uh, little device and then you put it in a, a cloche or uh, to capture or, the glass. Yeah, and sits in there and you fill that up fully with smoke and some of that just settles into the cocktail itself. So is that is the cocktail made before you? Yes. Uh, yeah, you, okay. Exactly. It's under the dome. So you mentioned Manhattan, and I thought, but I wasn't 100% sure on that, that it is bourbon-based as well. But it is, instead of using bitters and all of that, it's with um, sweet vermouth. So is it basically sweet vermouth? And um, I always think of it as the brown version of a, a, of a uh, martini. Um, so you're using sweet vermouth instead of dry, and then you're using, is it bourbon? Yeah. Instead of, yeah. yeah. They're all okay. the same sort of class. And um, yeah, I'm uh, enamored of a perfect Manhattan. So it's a mixture of sweet and dry vermouth. Oh, okay. Perfect. So. Nice. Mm -hmm. Well, and for people who aren't big into bourbon or don't really know what they're looking for, you can really, the one key thing to do is when you're at, you know, the store looking, just look for the bottles that say Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. So it's like, that's kind of like the most, safe. yes, you, you know, safe bet kind of thing. And, you know, most of them have been aged for a significant number of years and mellowed and, you know, is a really kind of an easy way to kind of pick out a good bourbon. Yeah, no, I think that's a great factoid. I think you had that. I was going to ask you if there were any other kind of factoids that you wanted to add. Um, and uh, I, what I do notice now, and during COVID, it hasn't happened quite as much, but I, I've seen it happening more now that you used to, you, you would see it was really happening a lot where local distillers are in your grocery store, in your, your, um, in your uh, liquor store, and uh, you can sample, a lot of times they'll have samplings. And um, so if they've got bourbon or something like that, you can sample something. So, cause, but a lot of times you can't. And so kind of airing on the side of Kentucky straight, um, bourbon whiskey is is a good kind of indicator of a safe basic brand um, that ticks all the boxes that you want it to tick or maybe try one of the brands that were mentioned here um and, and uh a sample a few you can always just start by getting like those little airplane bottles you know if oh, you're yeah. not really sure if you want to invest in a large bottle of one versus the mm -hmm. other do a little taste test that way you know, um, I, I, our largest grocery chain here in town, um, their liquor stores will give you a sample if they've got really? them in the back. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good marketing tool. I, they don't make it widely known, but if okay. you're kind of curious about something, they'll say, come on over here and we'll try a little nip here. Nice. Um, but you brought up an interesting point. Um, when uh, bourbon became immensely popular, of course, then it became counterfeitable. And um, as a result, then there was a lot of just alcohol mixed with, you know, caramel coloring and, and neutral spirits that are uh, bastardized and they were slapping a label on it, calling it bourbon. And uh, it was Colonel Taylor, which is a prominent brand of upper end bourbon. Colonel Taylor himself uh, came up with the concept of uh, bottled and bonded. So that's another thing to look for on the label is bottled okay. and bonded. 
that needs a, it's one of the first industries that was self-regulating actually because they didn't want to lose their market share to counterfeiters so um, they Mark. set up these quality standards and they had to meet them and uh, standards of identification i mean it's really sort of predates the federal government getting involved with standards thank you john i thought that was in very interesting so we mentioned um, Maddie did a bourbon trail article and we'll ask her to just kind of touch upon the other recipes in that article. Uh, but, um, have any of you actually taken a bourbon trail? Cause there are in Kentucky, you can take sort of tours. And, um, I was in Nashville a couple of years ago and went to a couple distilleries. Um, so it was not a bourbon trail at all. Um, mm. but I did go and sample some bourbon. So mm. some distillers make bourbon, um, among other things they so you can taste what you wanted but i'm just curious if any of you have actually gone to kentucky or john i'm thinking that you've done this but i don't know no i i never have but i will say i mean that's a big industry down there is the tourism and the uh, bourbon trail it's in a pretty uh narrow diameter of uh, that's what i thought kentucky around uh based uh out of lexington i think and okay so, robin have you done that no, it's on my bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say mine too. I, I've never gone, but that is something that I would love to do. I think it sounds so fun and can't really go wrong. I'm, I'm thinking you probably need an Uber driver to hit up all these. <laughs> I, I was going to say, well, I've seen that they have bicycle tours. It's like, that seems like a no, really bad idea. <laughs> no, but there are a lot of tours and that you can get. You can do limos. I think they have yeah, buses I yeah. or, you a know, lot but, of buses. Yeah, kind of so like a la, a la like Napa or Sonoma, right? Exactly, yeah. Right. I think it's that big of an industry now. And um, June 14th is National Bourbon Day. So mark that on your calendar, everyone. Oh, and that will be here before we know it. <laughs> um, well, and we are just on the heels of uh, the Kentucky Derby, which last year was late. This year um, it is going off um, or... Um, has just gone off. We are we were recording just before the uh, Kentucky Derby, but that was one of the reasons we kind of decided to talk about bourbon and then bourbon um, in the in the um, magazine and then here on the podcast. Um, but because it's National Bourbon Day on the 14th, we thought it was an appropriate time to take a bourbon tour. Um, and Maddie, what were the other recipes that you um, that you had? Uh, I know you had a dip. Oh, that's right. Um, so all of these were kind of riffs off of kind of similar to like what you would see at a Kentucky Derby. Um, so it was, gosh, I'm trying to think back to what they were. Hot, I did hot brown, hot brown hot dip. Uh huh. That and, was my favorite, and I think my husband's. So and I know you did um, the pork. Yep, it was a you know a barbecue pulled pork with you know it had bourbon in the um, the sauce and in the pork. Um, then we did the frozen old fashioned and oh and the yeah. um, the slab pie. <laughs> like hello, oh, don't forget that pie. <laughs> that one was good too. I I forget. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was sort of uh, a la maybe uh, pecan pie like, but with walnuts and you have that kind of sticky, uh, sugary mixture, but there's a good dose of bourbon in that. Yep. And yep. We're using walnuts and chocolate. So uh -huh. it's kind of like a chocolate walnut, um, pecan pie, but with, you know, so it was very, you know, sugary and, um, 
And you use some bourbon in the crust, right? Yep, in the crust as well. So it's both in the filling and the crust. Um, a lot of times we do um, some of our pie crust with a little bit of alcohol. Mm -hmm. uh, just And so, you know, I thought, hey, what better way than to add a little bourbon? So it was good. I, I really enjoyed that story. It was fun to make and taste. Um, the pie took a little bit because <laughs> we first created it as being like a whole sheet pan. So it was the biggest pie, you know, <laughs> that you could take to a potluck. And I know our photographer, Chris, was like, well, why would you ever make this smaller? <laughs> but it's like, you know, handling the dough was kind of tricky. You really had to, you know, and if it tears, it tears, but you just kind of patch it together. But um, it was fun. So I was happier when it when it was a little smaller and easier to manage. So <laughs> it can be doubled if you want. So, yeah, because you used a quarter sheet pan. So if somebody only has what most people think of as a standard just baking sheet or sheet pan as it really truly is actually a half sheet pan but um so it could double to to that size or you could make two quarter sheets or just right. make the the quarter sheet it really depends on how many people and how hungry you are <laughs> that's right <laughs> it's uh, and good <laughs> so were there any other fun facts or uh pieces of info you wanted to maybe share about bourbon well, there, this was one that I was telling Robin about, and I thought it was really interesting since we were talking about how, you know, um, bourbon is made in um, oak barrels. Mm -hmm. So the most common type of tree harvested for these barrels is the white oak tree. And it can take between 60 to 80 years for a tree to reach the necessary size. So depending on the size, um, depends on how many you can get so a lot of times you can craft one to three barrels from a single tree and then each barrel weighs about 120 pounds empty so wow. are the do you know are the bourbon manufacturers actually i mean are they in partner with somebody who's growing these trees or do they own the tree things and are they grown in um, kentucky or elsewhere or do you even know where they're grown that part i'm not positive on do either of you guys know I don't know. If, although when I when I was visiting a winery, I was surprised. Now this is just I was surprised that some of the the barrels said were like Minnesota. It said from Minnesota. There were some from France. I mean the so I was just surprised at where all the barrels came from. So I just that's just an aside. So I don't know whether it's the same with the um, oak barrels that they put the bourbon in that they are from all over. Um, but if it's white oak, I mean, I don't know where all white oak grows, but. Yeah. And there are no stipulations on it having to be built or grown um, in the U.S. or anything. Just the bourbon has to be made in the U.S. Or I wonder if that is a stipulation. Yeah, no, I, I think the barrels can, I think there's a lot of white oak that comes from France. Okay. For, I, I have that stuck in my mind somehow or another that the French use. American oak for their Chardonnay, and the Americans use French oak for their Chardonnay. Like <laughs> I think I'm like I, now that you're saying I, that, it makes me think of that. I think the whole reason bourbon got started was because of like France's palate towards um, French oak. Yeah, and so yeah. that's I think that's kind of how they you know kind of thing. If I remember oh, okay. right in my research. Yeah, well, okay. even yeah, the the Bourbons was the royal family, and so 
French well, family, and it all has to do with Louisiana territory. Well, and I, wasn't there something about um, there's some not question or maybe it is question about the name of bourbon and how it originated and um, yeah, it's still unknown. But a lot of people, you know, believe. I mean, there's kind of different things that they believe. Like who was the real first person to create bourbon and who came up with the name. Um, and I remember there was a fun little story how um, people would talk about people going to this bar in um, New Orleans and asking for, you know, that whiskey they sell on Bourbon Street, you know, yeah. you know, so yeah. it's kind of like maybe that's how the name got started. And so or and there's a bourbon. Is there a bourbon county or bourbon something yeah. in Kentucky or something? Okay. There is, right. Which maybe there's, came after, but it could have predated and so. Yeah, so there's a lot of mystery out there, and they're not quite sure really who was the first or where it was first made um, kind of thing. So that was kind of fun. So I guess it basically, you know, there's whiskey coming from Europe um, as Europeans came here to settle and stuff. And we had a lot of corn here, and somebody said, hey, let's make our own kind of whiskey, and we're going to use corn, and here's the rules. And I guess that's sort of probably how it started at some point. Yep, Scots-Irish. <laughs> use use what you got. <laughs> That's right. Well, I do know that the market for bourbon is is really a growing market. I mean, it's you know it's it's becoming more and more popular. So there is that. So who knows? Oh, and um, when you're making bourbon, that the whiskey cannot enter the barrel at higher than 125 proof, and bottled at no less than 80 proof. So that was another kind of rule along with bourbon. Right. Yeah. Is that crazy? Yeah. I mean, there was so many interesting facts and like regulations and, you know, you can look it up online and there's like a society for it all. And it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I think you guys got to take a bourbon trail, each and every one of you. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> With a designated driver. <laughs> yes. Yes. Without a doubt. Um, well, uh, I think that takes us to our, the end of our journey, unless anybody has anything else they'd like to add or share. I don't think so. I just think, you know, have fun, try different things, cook with it. You know, you'll be amazed at kind of what adding it to a dish would bring kind of, you know, some sweet, smoky flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think bourbon, um, well, oh my gosh, bourbon um, syrup on pancakes. Yum, 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 yum. Um <laughs> I love it with peach. I love it in a lot of different, uh, I, I, I'm always surprised, I think in, in, um, savory applications too, because I think you tend to taste it more in sweet, but I love it. Well, Robin, that cream sauce just sounds amazing. Um, <laughs> I bet. Um, but check out our website. Uh, we definitely have a lot of, um, bourbon, um, uh, recipes or recipes with bourbon on it uh, in in them. Um, so check out cuisineathome.com and um, thanks for joining me everybody here today and for sharing your knowledge and your love of the brown um, elixir. <laughs> and uh, thanks for joining us all of you uh, listening here today and come back next time when we'll have more must love food. And until then, take care. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. 
Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel-good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom Cuisine at Home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at CuisineAtHome.com.